Welcome back to Faith FM, the breakfast show, live here with Blake and this guy who just ate a bunch of spicy noodles and may not make it through the next segment. No, I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> you do not look good. I'm just. I'm sorry. My, it's not sir, a personal attack on you. I'm seriously considering. I'm, I'm, I'm a concerned huge fan of spicy food. The problem is, so it's yesterday. It's not a huge fan of you. Yesterday, I got mulletong, which is where you get a bowl, and you put everything in it, and then you give it to some people, and they cook it into something. Oh, like a Mongolian barbecue. I guess so. It's called, it's called mulletong. Well, so I always go there, and I spend more money, and I get more food than I need, and then I save some for the next day. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating it for breakfast right now. It's genius. Problem Frugal. is, Where is it? I want to go. Problem is, is that uh, Chinese spice uses a lot of chili, and I'm like big time chili fan. I'm big a, chili I, guy. I'm eating every. I, I am the most spicy white guy out there. Like it's just this is how it is. <laughs> but um, the other thing that Chinese people use to spice things up is they're like, we're just going to put whole peppercorns. Hold on, I just want to pause. Shell, can we just record that so that we can make some T-shirts to say I'm the most spicy white guy <laughs> yeah, out there? Yeah, and you put please. my face on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would love that. Okay, 100%. continue. Awesome. Yeah, but then they also put peppercorns in it, like like just whole pe- yeah, like those ones are rock like not like cracked pepper, like uncracked Straight peppercorns, up. and that they all sit at the bottom. And I'm finishing off my leftovers, and it's just all peppercorns. So I'm like, ooh, this is kind of just painful mm-hmm. rather than tasty. They do Chinese spice does use a lot of peppercorn. That's true. When I, I went to China one time and I was eating some spicy there and everything was good and then all of a sudden I got into those. You, and you get like, to the bottom and it's like, Ooh. oh wow, there's like a whole bunch of noodles here that I want to eat but I can't eat because they're covered in peppercorns. Really hot pot. Yeah, that's so, right. But right. hey, no, I'm good now. I'm Let's good get now. to the quiz. You look like you're breathing again, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, I'm chilling, bro. You're back. I'm. The, I'm. I'm. You're okay. Just, let's the OG noodle guy. The, let's say it again. The most spicy white person. No, it's, that's not what you said. You said the most spicy white guy. Yeah, the yeah. most spicy white guy. How many staffs did God tell Moses to collect? 0491064669 is the number to call. If you know how many staffs God told him to collect, if you know the answer, you go into the draw to win a one set. Jesus wins an incredible devotional book. Again, yearly devotional. You go through each day of the year and just be blessed. The other one we have here is The Bridegroom is Coming slash It is Finished. Both of these devotional sets we will give you for free. We have two winners for the prize this week. So you have more chance of winning. That means all the more reason to get in. 0491-064-669. How many staffs did God tell Moses to collect? I also just want to say... Please send in some spicy emojis. So if you like the, you know, the face, it's like steaming. I just want to see how do you feel when you eat hot, spicy food? Also, 0491-064-669. a bit of a survey, actually. I would just love to know where people are at in terms of their spice tolerance. Because <laughs> How many Scovilles? Is that what they're called? What's, I, I oh. have no idea. Oh, I know. There's, okay, you keep talking. I'm going to look this just, up real quick. Just, you know, where are you at in regards to your spiciness? Are you like... Mayonnaise is spicy, you know, black pepper is spicy. Are you at like that level or are you like just eating whole chilies on the regular? Where are you at? 0491-064-669. The Scoville scale is a measurement of the pungency of chili peppers as recorded in Scoville heat units based on the concentration of a bunch of other stuff. So basically, cool. it's a little scale for how hot things actually well, get. Scoville units. Call me, call me... Hi, uh, I don't know. I was trying to make a pun about me being having lots of Scoville units. It goes in the millions, actually. Okay, it's 
pretty pretty wild. Like the Carolina Reaper, big that's and the Trinidad Scorpion, over a million, both of them. The Trinidad Scorpion. Trinidad Scorpion. That just wow. sounds like something from somewhere I'm from. So have I got some text messages, Blake? We have so many text messages I want to share, actually. Uh-huh. Uh first off, Sky uh-huh. texted in earlier about her exercise plan she said well yesterday i cleaned three homes and did my own place so today i intend to only do one home and my own having a nine-year-old means your home is often messy in seconds so she's using her exercise program by cleaning houses to make money i think that's genius sky you incredible you've you've cracked the code she's essentially a professional athlete you are a professional athlete good on you sky she also says uh she yeah, this is a sad part actually. That poor girl she said she saw on the TV reminds yeah. me of witchcraft. What's happening up there yes. in Chalumba? That was wild, Blake. It was a wild story. It was a sad story. It's a terrible story. Braden mm. says about the same story. That is a sad story, but also far deeper. I had a friend that died after going off medication uh, for epilepsy. It was with doctor's supervision. The friend was not a child and it was his choice, and he had good reasons to want to go off the medication. I also believe that his death was in God's time. In this story, though, I do have to agree, it comes across as presumptive to assume God would heal her. Even though death is sad, we have faith that it is not the end and God is coming back. Yeah, totally. And I I, I praise God, I think that this child is innocent. But that's the thing. She... uh, Braden mentioned about the person going off their epilepsy medication. As an adult, making that choice... Totally different story. We're talking about a child here who doesn't have the ability to consent or make those decisions for themselves. And yeah, I think that because, because this is the thing, like we are definitely proponents here on the breakfast show of parents being parents. We always talk about it. Um, but parents need to be responsible parents for sure. And I think that this is just presumptuous and irresponsible to subject the child. to. He goes on to say Lawson regarding the insulin story. I like what you said about clothing as a result of sin. We need protective clothing i.e. warm garments in the snow, and helmets on work sites to maintain our health and safety. So Mm. by faith, do we reject these gifts from God? Mm. Sorry, that was Christopher. Oh, that's actually from Christopher. Yeah. Sorry, Braden's getting the credit, but it's actually Christopher. Thank you, Christopher, for texting in. Mm. Uh, And then Sky says, resurrection hungry. Every time I hear that, I think the teenage boys will use that line if they ever hear it. It seems most of them have at least two stomachs. Uh, True true story, Sky. Me and the boys at church. She loves the uh, spicy guy in cartoon face shirts. So Uh, let's make this happen. I'm really excited. (laughs) Let's get you cartoon face, the spicy spicy white guy. (laughs) Dude, yes. Let's go. (laughs) And then Suzanne says, biggest spice Wuss. What's W-O-S-S? Wuss. I think they're trying to say wuss. Is that like a... That's Australian, right? Or, um, I think maybe just anything. No. Just like wuss. Oh, she's like... Oh, like a wuss. Like, she's like, oh, nah. No, she's not about it. it. Yeah, not about that spice life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Braden says, I actually don't mind mild to medium spicy food. Uh-huh. Okay. So I'm like, every restaurant I go to... Like, so this... this Mulletongue I was eating. Do you I was like, like dare them? Like, I'm like, I dare you. I'm like, Bring give it. me the most spicy. You can make it. Like, I get the hottest chili sauce. I get the hot, like, um, and that's not something I, I, I grew up in a very Caucasian Australian family where it was mayonnaise, salt and pepper like that. Meat and three veg. That's right. Exactly. Yep. 
Um, I but grew it, up the same. it was my uh, it was my news resolution in 2020 to eat spicier food. I started off the year mild. <laughs> I ended that year ruining my intest- <laughs> intestines. Uh, th- and that's just how it goes. <laughs> that's just that's just how uh, that's just how it goes down. But hey, that's a one one man spice journey. <laughs> that's right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Give us your thoughts. Where are you at on the spice scale? Let us know. I, I used to be. I used to be. I'm a pretty spicy guy. Got to uh, be honest. But do you know uh, Sibelia? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, one of our Bible workers down in Canberra. Shout out in Canberra if you're listening. Canberra, Texas, 0491-064-669. Sibelia, she tried to kill me um, with some sort of psycho ramen noodle. Oh, wait, up. the chicken ramen. I don't know what it was. The, the, no, no, it wasn't. There was no chicken in it. It was just some sort of death spice. I think it was a death spice. It was a death spice that had been put into these noodles. And she's like, you said you want spicy. Here's spicy. And I tried to have some, and it was... I cried. I literally cried. Uh, it was. Uh, you're talking about the old Sam Yang. Yes, dude. But it was. Dude, I'm eating that on heavy. the. I'm eating that on the regular. Okay, bro. well, okay, Lawson's so Mr. Spicy, Mr. Over, Spice here. over here. Eat, eating the Sam it was Yang very Sibelia's Sam Yang, maybe whatever that's called. Like, ooh, it was hot. It re- it hurt. It yeah. hurt every bite. Was painful. It's it's pretty gnarly. Put hair on the chest. Let's yeah. just say. Yeah, that's what we say. <laughs> that's actually that's that's the the scale that I use in when I'm you know within the Asian community. You're it, evaluating the spices. That's right. That. It's like it's like oh, so how spicy can you eat? And Sam it, Yang. And it's like, it, but then there's different colors. So black's the original one. That's, that's the one I had. Yeah, yeah. But then there's red, which is two times. Oh, gross. And that's that's what I'm that's what I'm up to. That's, you're that, up to- that is actually that. It's pretty. It's pretty tough. But you get through it. You get it done. You've, I don't know. I don't know if you do because I didn't. We should. We should do some Sam Yang after this. I'm excited. Let's go. <laughs> Exciting stuff. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Contact us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I wanted to talk during that and I didn't because every time I do, because I hear my own voice and always it always like messes <laughs> me up. But that time I was ready for it. I had a lot of good sleep last night mm-hmm. and I was ready for that. I was waiting for that moment to wow. not say anything all morning. Epic. Uh, we're about to get into our Bible study this morning, but before we do, we got a couple more text messages. Oh, wow. I love Janelle is sending in chili red chili pepper. Uh, super hot face with sweat, tongue out, triple thumbs down. Oh, she's not Trips about it. thumbs down. Not about that life. Sounds now. like a Queenslander to me. <laughs> Diane said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Queensland. I don't know what Lawson has against you. You're a great place. Many Thank things. you for listening. Um, Diane says, I find sweet chili uh, sauce hot. Ooh. My husband is opposite and says it's not hot until your eyeballs are sweating. Do you ever have eyeballs sweat? I think that's called crying. I think that's crying, yeah. But that's just what like manly men say. Like, I'm not crying, my eyeballs are sweating. Okay, let me ask you this question though, Blake. Do you think sweet chili is spicy? No, no, no. Like it's sweet. No, I, I use it's it. Like I could use capsicum. it as toothpaste. I could be not, well, that'd be weird, but no. Yeah. That <laughs> I think it's weird. mostly sugar, so my teeth would just fall out. That's so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sweet, sweet chili. It's not called sweet chili for nothing. <laughs> All right, back to the Bible. Our study. Bible study yeah, that's this right. morning. We have been going through the twenty million 
uh, subscriber like study, a Bible study all around 20 the world. 20 million movement. 20 million movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy this Bible study, and we get to do it at uh, Unity at Church, church yeah, yeah. This, this weekend as well, too. And so I'm all, I'm all amped up for, it's the, so funny because for the Bible study. During the week, I'm looking at the study every day for yep. radio, and then when it comes to the time in which people get together to discuss the study, I'm never there. Because I'm I I run a different Sabbath school class that oh, studies a different thing, so I'm sense. just well versed in Sabbath schools. You know, I'm just doing doing a bit of All everything. Sorts of yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good. We are uh, going through a question here. Uh, I want to read this question because I think it's uh-huh. I think it's a good question. Actually, what were the reactions of the disciples to Jesus's predictions of his own sufferings and death? And what should their reactions teach us about the dangers of misunderstanding Scripture? Isn't this an applicable question to what we were discussing I in know, the news? I was thinking that. It's just like perfectly applicable. What should their reactions teach us about the dangers of misunderstanding, misunderstanding. Scripture? Mm-hmm. Oof. Well, let's start out in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 and 23. Are you able to read that uh, for hey, us, Lawson? I'm there. Okay. I'm Bible's open. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the scribes and the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Okay, pause. I want you to keep reading, but I just want you to... So, you're a disciple. You've just heard this from Jesus. Mm -hmm. Think about your reaction. Now read Peter's. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him. Mm Mm-mm. For saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Okay. Peter had just been told, like in the context of this, he had literally just been told that uh, essentially God the Father, the Holy Spirit, had given him the answer to who the identity of Christ was. Mm-hmm. Then moments later, Peter is kind of, in some ways, filled with presumptuousness in some ways. And he rebukes Jesus and says, that will never happen. I will never let this happen that you will be killed. Yeah. Right? And then then Jesus' response is, get behind me, Satan. Mm. That's some heavy stuff. Mm. And this is kind of like we're talking about being presumptive in the news today as well, too. You can be super close to God. You can have a a really good Mm. walk with the Lord. And just like that... You can have this experience that Peter had with mm. Jesus. I love, I love that point. You can be super close to the Lord. Can anyone be closer to the Lord than literally standing in front of him, talking to him? Like Peter is talking to Jesus. He's been traveling to Jesus. Now we know that just because of proximity, it doesn't mean our spiritual condition is good. But simultaneously, Peter was someone who was striving to be of good spiritual condition like he's trying to be a disciple he was pretty messed up he had some issues of pride such that that all of us do Uh, but regardless like he was close to god yet he made these presumptuous mistakes to rebuke to reprimand jesus the person who he just called 
the son of God, like right. the Messiah, God himself. So I, I really, I really see it's like if Peter can be presumptuous, right. definitely you can. Oh, for sure. And, and yeah, reflecting on this story again, literally just heartbreaking. This, this story coming out of Toowoomba, like of, of these parents withholding insulin from their child because they're like, well, God's going to fix her. Like, again, we just see incredibly terrible presumption taking place on people who think, oh, I'm close to God. This is a good decision. But it's like, really? It's important for us to. You know, th- this is a totally different uh, topic here that I'm going to bring up here, but I think it's important. Uh, some people go, hey, why don't we have a prophet right now? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, why isn't there a prophet today in this moment right now, like who's telling us directly from the Lord? And a lot of times, there's a lot of ways to answer that question, but one of the ways that I, I genuinely believe is one of the answers is, God has already told us what we need to know uh-huh. to prepare for his soon return. Mm-hmm. So until we start following those instructions, until we start following the message that has been sent, why would he send another? Yeah. Right? And so this concept of what's happening up in Toowoomba, there already is a solution for this child. Mm-hmm. So why are we now coming to a place where you're saying, mm-hmm. I'm not going to accept that solution, a.k.a. insulin, to help this child because God is going to provide a miracle. It's like putting God in the miracle box. And then it's like God already provided a miracle. Right. Did you know that, like, diabetes was an untreatable disease up until 80 years ago? It's... Well, it's it's kind of a, well, and there wasn't as much diabetes as there is now as well too. Yeah. That's a twofold thing because now we basically eat plastics, which we talked about yesterday. Yeah, yeah. plastics and sugar, you know, yeah. breakfast of champions, <laughs> and peppercorns, <laughs> and peppercorns. Yeah. It's it's really sad. Like we live in a we live in a society now where essentially our entire environment and the world around us is out to get us. Yeah, you know it. it we are in a hostile, we're in hostile enemy territory. When you're born on earth, Satan, the enemy, he wants to destroy you, mm-hmm. to kill, steal, and destroy everything about you, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, because you're created in the image of God. And and I want to say to our, our listeners as well, too, like, you need to understand, you were created in the image of God. You were designed by an intelligent designer, a heavenly creator who loves you who cares for you, who has a plan for your life. When bad things happen to you, I, I would strongly say that is not God's will to, for your life. This is the result of living in hostile territory. Mm. God's will for your life is to live for eternity with him in heaven. Now, mm. because we live in hostile territory, we're in enemy territory, bad things are going to happen. And I, I really struggle with people attributing God's will. Mm. Like people come up to me. I've been to a lot of funerals in my life. We talked about this before. A lot of people in my life have died. And people come up, well, you know, it's just God's will. It was his time to take them. The good Lord took them. And I'm like, no, that's that. No, God's will is for him to live for eternity. Mm. We were not designed to die at any point. And so it really, for me, I get really passionate about that because I don't want to attribute the character and the love that only God has to 
your little box that you're putting him in. That's right. And if we come to this story that we've been reading, the box that Peter had put Jesus in was one of a military conqueror who would never die, who would restore Israel into its its empiric glory, imperial glory. Uh, but unfortunately for Peter, he missed the very thing that Jesus came to do, which is to die to beat sin. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, live here with Blake and Yana Santa de Cumpo. <laughs> I wish Yana was here. That'd be actually really cool. But, uh, but more for his story of a poor Greek man coming uh-huh. up and finding success than anything else. Sure. Giannis is a good guy. He's also got a funny sense of humor. Why did you distract me right there? I don't Because <laughs> they're 6-0 and right now. But, hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have our final question for the quiz. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Where did the foolish man build his house? In... <laughs> Florida. 0491 064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week's The Bridegroom is Coming and it is finished. That is one of our box sets. The other box set is Jesus Wins and My Life Today. We have two winners for the draw this week. So get in 0491-064-669. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Where did the foolish man build his house? What's so funny? I love Florida. Oh man, my one of my favorite things to do is look at the news and just yeah, just, Florida man, Florida man, <laughs> Florida man punches Gator to save dog. You know, um, a classic. It's a classic for sure. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're talking about some. To be honest, Florida man and Northern Territory bloke, similar guys. Base, yes, they're same pretty place. much the same yeah. guys actually. Yeah. And, that's why, that's why I love my Northern Territory crew. If you're listening to Northern Territory as well, too, shout us out. Mm. 0491064669. Mm. Uh, we are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We are studying about really Jesus' uh, warning to his disciples about what's about to take place. And I want to mm. read through a few verses. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 17, 22 to 23. Hey, I'm here. You're already ready. Go. Can you read it for us? After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. And the disciples were filled with grief. They would be. Verse. Uh, I'm going to go to Mark chapter 9, verse 30 to 32. And Lawson, can you turn to yeah, Luke yeah, chapter done. 9? Man, you already know. On the way. Mark 9, verse 30 says, Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know it. For he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Luke nine forty four to 45. Listen to me and remember what I say. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. But they didn't know what he meant. Its significance was hidden from them, so they couldn't understand it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. Hmm. It's interesting here, Jesus repeatedly, over and over and over again, tells the disciples, I'm going to be killed, I'm going to raise the thir- rise up again the third yep. day. Uh, he is intentional. And this isn't like a one-time thing. Yeah. This isn't a one-off, like, oh, he, what was he talking about? 
each time he sheds it, like I, I believe the first time where he gives indication of that is when he goes into the temple, right? And he like drives the people out of the temple and he's like, this temple will be, you know, destroyed, this destroyed yeah. and, and be built back up. And he was talking about himself. But then he gets to the point, as we read in the book of Matthew, he's like, the tree, the chief priests are going to kill me. I'm going to be betrayed. They're going to hurt me a lot. They're going to put me on a cross. I'm going to die. Like he, he gets incredibly clear. Right. About exactly what's going to happen. It, it's, and I think he does this repeatedly. Um, there's a little principle that's happening here. Oh. Okay. When you read the Bible, uh-huh. you're allowing the word of God to enter into your mind and into your heart. Mm-hmm. All right. What happens when we enter into difficult situations, some suffering, maybe traumatic events, when we have the word of God in our mind and in our heart, it can come back to us in in our time of need, right? Mm -hmm. When we don't have that, we're given less hope and we have less opportunity, right, to rely upon the foundation of God's Mm -hmm. word. I think the principle that is being taught, there's many principles, but one of the principles that uh, is really coming forth for me here is God is giving them an opportunity to know what is going to happen before that happens so that when it happens, they can have a stronger faith. They can believe. Mm. This is basically, this is essentially the purpose of prophecy, right? To tell you things before they happen so that when they happen, you might believe. Mm. We as followers of Jesus, we know that we are going to suffer for our faith. People are going to make fun of us. Mm. People are going to ridicule us put us down and treat us uh, less than others because of our faith. And we actually see this happening all around the world. Uh, mainstream media and Hollywood, yeah. the music industry. Uh, and then it goes a lot further than just putting down, right? Oh. Like then like putting down in a literal sense of killing people. For, for sure. I mean, we just had a Hall- we just had Halloween and mm. Dia de la Muerte happening in Mexico, right? There's people who are dressing up, uh, many people dressing up in a way to ridicule and defame the name of Christ, mm. right? To name, to ridicule and defame anyone who is a Christian because the world is opposed to Christ. Mm. And so when we see all these things happening, if we don't have the word of God in our hearts and in our minds to remind us, when we go through that experience of Peter James and John and the disciples after Christ is crucified, before he's resurrected, when we have those experiences in our life, when it seems like there is no hope, we have to rely upon the word of God that we've hidden in our heart Mm. and our mind. And it's the only way we're going to get through the difficult times that are ahead. And they are ahead. Do not kid yourself. The experience that the disciples had with Jesus was a foreshadowing of the experience that Christians will have here before the second coming mm. of Jesus, before the the resurrection of life that will take place at the second coming of Jesus. Mm. Things are not going to get better, people. They're going to get worse. And unless you have the word of God hidden in your heart and in your mind, your experience is going to be much more difficult. Mm. Agree. <laughs> Agree. Just straight. We just yeah. Well, well, that's that's exactly what we see. And and because of this non-regarding of the words of Jesus in their heart, it was the disciples who abandoned Jesus. 
in, in their time of struggle. Um, and it was Peter who denied him, despite being told and being warned. The, like, yeah. and, and this is a Peter, too, is like, hey, when Jesus is like, hey, let me wash your feet. And he's like, don't do it. You know, you'll never let you wash my feet. He says, unless you wash, unless I wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. And he's like, wash my whole body. And Jesus is like, calm down, buddy. That's the same guy who's like so zealous, so excited, so pumped up about being a follower of Jesus. Then the very next thing, he's the guy who design, who, who that's basically a, casts his relationship aside. That's a really good point. Jesus was so zealous about being, uh, Peter was so zealous about being a follower of Jesus that he wouldn't do what Jesus told him. Wow. He wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet. And then he wanted Jesus to wash his whole body. Like he wouldn't do just exactly what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And potentially again, reflecting on the story from Toowoomba. And I feel like many people find themselves in this, find themselves in this place of just, yeah, being zealous because they've come to the Lord, but rather than, submitting themselves to Christ and doing what Christ has called them to do. They want to do for Christ what they think they should do. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's a religion of works. Whereas in reality, we need to let Jesus live through us. We need him to work in our hearts and to grow us and to change us. That is what being a Christian is all about. It's important for us to follow Christ where mm-hmm. he leads. And that requires us to take up our cross as well, daily. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. With Blake and Lawson, and we are live with some questions, with some answers, Mm. with some quizzes. Mm. Lawson, help us. Well, all of our quiz questions, here are the answers. Who asked, is there any taste of the white of an egg? Still, I don't know the answer, but it was Job who asked that question. Uh, Felix... Bit of a left, chef, Job. Yeah, that's right. Felix left Paul in pr- pr- prison, ultimately, to please the Jews. Uh, it was the... What military... Oh, this is my... my the cool question. What military one. equipment did Cicero have 900 of? Did you know the answer? Only because you said it. I didn't say it. Yeah, I did. You, well, you did with your eyes. Oh, okay. It's chariots. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say he chariots. He had 900 <laughs> chariots. How many staffs did God tell Moses to collect? He said 12 from... A twelve, one from each tribe, and finally, it was the foolish eyes, man. <laughs> the foolish man. He built his house on the sand, not Florida, which is essentially Florida. Oh come on! <laughs> hey, but Poor good Florida. job to everyone who answered those questions correctly. But right now, it is time for question of the day. All right, Blake, we have a question of the day here from Brayden. What was the purpose of the story about the man that was buried in Elisha's grave and touched his bones and came back to life in 2 Kings 13 and verse 21? Here's the verse. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that, behold, they spied a band of men or marauders, and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. A lot of stuff going on in this verse. Uh, first off, we're dealing with a time that has... Uh, basically, they have a lot of doubts about prophecy, a lot of doubts about the ministry that Elisha had had here as well, too. And one of the things that needed to take place was an honoring or a confirming of this great and holy prophet as well, too. So the prophet had just died... Uh, well, not just died, but had died. And then 
they're just kind of in a place of doubt. And so when this man is revived after falling in, it's kind of a way for helping people to understand that while Elijah went up to heaven, he was translated, Elijah, Elisha is still honored after his departure. So Elijah is honored in his departure. Elisha is after his departure. And so God is pouring honor upon Elisha as he pleases. The second reason uh, would be to seal and confirm the doctrine and prophecies of Elisha uh, so that they could essentially uh, cancel out the false doctrine and the worship of the Israelites that was taking place as well too. Basically saying there's still power in these bones of Elisha. There's still power in the message that Elisha had for God's people. Uh, Another one was to kind of strengthen the faith of Joash and the Israelites, uh, basically in the promise that he had uh, been given them with the success against the Syrians. He'd shot some arrows with the arrows that land into the ground to give him uh, a hope for more victories to come. And Elisha is the one who granted him uh, this information, this prophecy about the victories that were going to take place. And it was strengthening the... Uh, the faith of Joash to to remember there's still power in what Elisha has said. And then finally, kind of in the midst of all the calamities, uh, it was in a in a hope to kind of comfort uh, the the hope for a resurrection that was to come. We've been talking about resurrection uh, last week in the Bible study, and uh, now we're we're talking about the resurrection uh, that is to come. Uh, but the difference here is the man he falls down, he hits Elisha's bones, and he is resurrected. That's the sound of resurrection, by the way. You know, he's resurrected right there, sound effects. Uh, But Elisha wasn't resurrected. So we've got the guy resurrected, but Elisha not being resurrected. And this kind of points forward to the symbol of prophecy and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus not only resurrects other people, but he can resurrect himself as well, too. So Elisha... um, raised kind of a dead body without raising himself or the bones of Elisha, God allowed that to happen, while the Lord Jesus not only raised himself but gives life to all those that believe in him. So it's pointing towards the difference uh, between Elisha and Jesus as well too. And I want to be clear, Elisha didn't do any of this. God chose his bones to be a representative of the power that God has over life and death and the resurrection of hope that he gives to all of us. Talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you, with his sheep securely fold you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.